Welcome. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Milwaukee's philanthropic community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group and News Talk 1130 WISN. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach. With the start of a new year, people are putting their resolutions and goals together so they can make some positive change in their lives. I did some research and found that the top five resolution categories for 2021 are health, self-improvement, money, family, and love in that order. My question is, where does giving and philanthropy fit in the picture? Now, it could fall under the money category. That would make the most sense, right? And I suppose it could even fall under the love category because I think being charitable and serving others is an act of love. The survey that I referenced, however, didn't break down each category further, so there's no way to know for sure. But we do know one thing. Prioritizing a giving plan, either as an individual or as a family unit, is important, whether it's defined as a resolution or as part of the financial planning process. We interview various nonprofit organizations to highlight the work that they do and how they impact the community. And then we give them an opportunity to share how people can get involved, either with a giving strategy or volunteering or in any other number of ways. I also think it's important to be sure that everyone in the community has an opportunity to get involved. We're going to start out our show today talking about how individuals with disabilities are getting involved and giving back to the community in tangible and meaningful ways and have subsequently demonstrated to themselves and to the community as a whole that they have a valued place in society and in our local communities. And then you'll hear about an organization that's working with the disability community and members of ACAP in a very unique way. So my first guests today are Sandra Hines, Executive Director of Adaptive Community Approach Program, or ACAP, and Mark Cage, who is a community guide at ACAP. ACAP's mission is to encourage people with disabilities to achieve their highest potential and to acquire lifelong skills that will enable them to contribute to society and join in serving the community. So welcome to the show today, Sandra and Mark. Thank you. Thank you. We're very happy to be here. Thank you. We are happy you're here and to hear all about ACAP. So uh, why don't you guys start by uh, telling us how you each got involved with the disability community? Okay, I'll start. Um, my background is actually in education and on nonprofit work. Uh, but when I was looking for a new position a couple of years ago, I was inspired, as I often am, by memories of my sister. I have a sister who passed away in 2006, and she was very, you know, obviously very special and close to me. Um, she did some work with the disabilities community as a, a certified therapeutic uh, recreation specialist. And so when I was out there looking for positions, I noticed that at ACAP, they um, had, uh, the majority of their staff had that background. So that intrigued me. And then coming on board, it's been nothing but a joy to be with an organization that's been around for 38 years doing amazing 
cutting edge uh, programming, uh, making changes in the community, and really um, bringing people with disabilities out into the community like the rest of us take for granted to be able to do. So I've been really thrilled to be here and to continue to learn about all the contributions that ACAP has made over the years to the broader Waukesha uh, community. So, but Mark has been around a lot longer with ACAP, so I'm really pleased to have him join me on this program so that he can talk about the history. Tell us what brought you to ACAP and then uh, give us a little bit of a history. Yeah, sure. Um, For me, it all started years ago. Uh, A neighbor lady of mine asked me if I would help out at the parish religious education uh, program for kids with uh, special needs up up at our parish. Well, I was reluctant because uh, I had no experience with people with disabilities, and I figured you had to be trained specially or have great experience to work with this segment of people, or maybe you had to have a special gift to be able to work with such people. I've heard that many, many times. Well, so I tried it, and at the church, they assigned me to teach a young nine-year-old boy with Down syndrome whose name was Patrick. Well, I taught him for one nine-week session, and then he moved away, and so they assigned me another child, and I worked with him for several sessions more. After that, I got involved with a religious education for adults with developmental disabilities at a care facility, and eventually that turned into a job there, and some years later, I was uh, applying for a job at a place called ACAP, which also served people with disabilities, And the director and founder, Carol Ann Kay, uh, looked a bit familiar to me. And, uh, well, I got hired at ACAP, obviously. And so I asked the the director, Carol, I said, uh, do you know a person named Patrick? And she looked at me and she said, uh, he lives with me. He's my foster son. (laughs) So my initial experience with disability the disability world had come full circle. And after 30 years, I'm still here at ACAP because Carol Kay uh, started ACAP with a vision to do something different. And I think that that has made all the difference. First, the idea was to, and this is part of the history, to fill a need for people who had head injuries. Uh, They were oftentimes, you know, motorcycle accident, car accident, they're disconnected from their, their careers, their families maybe, and de- definitely the community life that they had prior to. So after a short time, it expanded to anyone with a disability uh, who wanted more community-focused, dignified experience rather than the sheltered workshops or the standard adult daycare centers. So because ACAP is for learning skills and advocating for their rights and adapting activities and exploring the community, that's kind of what's made us the difference. Well, and I I think you have a special gift there, Mark, that you uh, uncovered and that's, you know, you have a special uh, demeanor or uh, talent there that allows you to communicate with this particular population. And so, you know, it's it's all about finding your purpose and your passion and then using it to 
change people's lives, right? What sets your organization apart from other organizations with a similar mission? Well, I think that what sets us apart is that we're really just experts at what we do. We've been around for 38 years, like already mentioned, and during all that time, we've really honed and refined how we approach this issue of um, inclusion in the community. So we have a, a wonderful staff. They're, they're, they all come from different backgrounds, but they're creative. They're um, adaptable. That's in our name, right? And the programming we do is really a cut above. Uh, in ordinary times, we offer usually 70 plus programs per week for our members to choose from. We typically have 90 plus members that we serve. We have two sites. Uh, we have a, a longtime partnership with the First United Methodist Church in Waukesha, and that's our, our main site. And then we have an art studio in downtown Waukesha called Art Links, which is right on Main Street, which is exactly where we, we want to be, which is right in the middle of everything. We have five programming pillars that we, that those are categories of programming. We do the arts, education, advocacy, uh, sports and recreation, and uh, volunteering. And um, we try to keep our programming super fresh. So our staff is tasked to come up with new programming all the time to keep it engaging, relevant, and meaningful for our members. And those are just our day programs. We also have special programs outside of the usual daytime hours for our organization. We, we have a special arts program. We have overnight trips. So we are, we're doing it all and we're doing it really, really well. And word of mouth got us to the point of having a wait list and during the whole year of 2019, because people really want this kind of exciting, um, groundbreaking programming that really asks our members to find what they can do, discover what they can do. Well, and that kind of speaks to th some things that we'll get into in the next segment. You know, we're, we're going to take a quick break for now, but when we return, when we come back, we're going to find out more about these hidden talents and these uncommon gifts of people with disabilities. So stay tuned and we'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community. With your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm talking with Sandra Hines and Mark Cage from ACAP. So you talk about one of your pillars being education. What kind of education do you guys focus on? Well, uh, I think that ACAP presumes that we're all lifelong learners. And that's true for people with disabilities as well. But they're often not presented opportunities to continue to push their areas of knowledge, to continue to push where they can go, to adapt, you know, adapt to new circumstances, to acquire new skills. So all of our programs are really trying to get our members to see what they can do. And that means sometimes to move them out of their comfort zone one of the ways in which we do that, so we've talked about those five pillars, there's the education, there's the arts, et cetera, but volunteerism is one of those wonderful ways in which we can help people learn more about what they can do, the gifts, the resources, the skills that they can bring out into the world around them. And so through volunteering, we, we, we ACAP members give more than a thousand hours of volunteer service in the Waukesha area annually. Um, that's to other nonprofits, it's to groups or businesses even. 
um, that's one way in which we contribute that I, that I don't think is always expected. Another way is that we practice consumerism. We show that people with disabilities have resources to share with the community, just like the rest of us. So we help them be consumers in the area. We, we take advantage of classes that might be out there for them to take. Um, we help them patronize local businesses. And, and so I think that, you know, those are just some ways in which we are bringing um, the gifts and talents of our members out into the community. And I think it's important to say again, as I did in the opening, that everyone has a gift to share, right? And so we want to just make sure that we're showing a lot of different opportunities that people can take advantage of to do exactly that. So every person that God has ever created has a, has a, a gift and it's defining what that gift is and then finding opportunities that use those gifts, right? Um, Mark, what about what about you? Do you want to add? Yeah, I kind of want to go right with what you're saying there. Uh, Sandra knows that one of my favorite quotes, and I've, I've quoted it many times, is uh, British statesman uh, Benjamin Disraeli from about 150 years ago. He had a statement that's always stuck with me. He said, the greatest good you can do for another is not to share your gift with him, but to reveal to him his own. Mm, and very that, good. That's, that's always stayed with me. You know, people with disabilities are all often thought of as takers. You know, they're on public assistance. They have, you know, they have uh, services provided to them. Tax dollars go their way. And sometimes they're not seen as being givers, people that give, and yet they are. We believe people have everybody, as you said, very eloquently, Everyone's has a talent and a gift to share. And so ACAP, our point, I guess, is just getting people or helping people discover what their gift is. And just a couple of quick examples. We have, uh, we had one young lady who after graduating from high school was just sitting at home, not doing anything because all the educational services are expired once you're 21 years old, if you have a disability. And so there she sat. Well, when she, we got her involved in our ArtLinks program and uh, she's really blossomed with painting, with drawing. She does mixed media art and she does uh, wood burning and, and sells these things. So she's really found her gift. We've got another person who volunteers at the uh, Fair Trade uh, Plowshare center in downtown Waukesha where they sell crafts from third world countries. And uh, she said, we got her volunteering there. Now she does it herself without us. And just recently won the uh, volunteer of the year award for the plowshare organization. That's wonderful. Very rewarding to be part of helping someone discover what their gifts are. Yeah, we we feel like the Aaron Rodgers when he hands the ball off and the the running back runs, you know, eighty yards for a touchdown. You know, I handed him the ball. You know, it was really, <laughs> but it was really the running back that did all the work. So, you know. <laughs> well, and we also talk about how in in giving a blessing, you are blessed twice. Uh, you know, twofold. Mm-hmm. You know, it really is about you know giving the blessing, and so many people receive it after they give it. And it's, it's just wonderful to be a part of that. 
Um, we talk about how partnerships and collaborative efforts are so important, certainly within the uh, for-profit world, but especially in the uh, the nonprofit world. Not one organization can do it all, and so do what you do well, and then partner with those that that do other things well, and then you come together for the greater good, right? Um, talk about the role of partnerships for ACAP. Because of our um, many years uh, in uh, operation, we've been um, fortunate to have built so many strong and long-standing partnerships here in the Waukesha area. So we count more than 60 what we call active partnerships. These are people that know us and have enjoyed working with us and that are open to partnerships on programming or special projects. Of those 60 active partnerships, a number of them have been in place for decades. Uh, An example of that would be the Hebron House here in uh, the Waukesha County where we have cooked meals for them for I think more than 30 years we've been doing this. Uh, Another long-term partner would be the Rutzer Nature Center. We have gone out and done volunteer work for them. We make use of their facilities, and they've also provided instructors for special programming for us. So it's been a really wonderful partnership for them. Again, many decades long, I think more than 20 uh, years, 20, 25, maybe even 30 years for them as well. And then um, another long-term partner would be Meals on Wheels. Uh, We actually typically help serve two meals per week with Meals on Wheels. So we're really getting out into the community with that organization. And again, just a long, beneficial uh, relationship. Some of the other ones that we've done in the past, we created a partnership with the police department and city property owners to cover up graffiti that was quite prevalent in in the downtown Waukesha area. And uh, the police would call us, tell us where it was. We would go over, talk to the property owner and cover it up. And uh, so that was one, we we ran that program for about 15 years. Another one that we're very proud of is our relationship with the uh, uh, Waukesha Civic Theater. They were at a building that was totally inaccessible. We couldn't get in because it had stairs going into it, but we went over there and pulled weeds in the garden out in front of the, the building, just as a silent uh, little nudge, you know, no pressure, but you know, we're here for you. And then when, a few years later, when they actually moved to a different location, different building, and they renovated it. So then we were able to get in there and we started a, a theatric partnership, which uh, led to two to three shows every year performed by ACAP members. And we've done that for now 14 years. So that's a great example of people with disabilities really getting and being part of the the theater community here in Waukesha. The community as a whole, really. I mean, you've yeah. talked about all different uh, things that you're doing. Hebron House, Retzer Nature Center, Meals on Wheels, the Graffiti Project, um, WCT. There's a place for everyone, right? You know, there's, again, we talked about uh, special gifts that everyone has, and you just have to marry that with a uh, uh, something that needs to be done. And then voila, you, you got something really going on there. So lots of great things going on over at uh, ACAP. Too many to actually go into greater detail because we're running out of time. But for our listeners who may want to help or get involved somehow, 
what would you say is your greatest need? Well, we would really like to encourage anybody who has an interest in supporting people with disabilities to become aware of the policy needs to to just support not just individuals with disabilities, but also caregivers. So there are organizations we work with, the WIBPDD and Disability Wisconsin, that help identify what issues are the most important to get worked on, and having many voices come together to speak on behalf of of the disabilities community to improve things, you know, across the board through policy is an excellent way to support ACAP in addition to everybody with disabilities. Okay. So if you want your voice to be heard and you want to stand up for people that are part of the disability community, just know that you can talk with ACAP and get on their advocacy board or help out in some other way. What's the best way to contact you, Sandra? Well, um, probably the easiest way is to do it through email. Uh, Our general email is info, I-N-F-O, at ACAP, A-C-A-P, hyphen, Waukesha.org. You can also call us at 262-521-1120. And do you guys have a Facebook page? We do. Uh, I think it's just ACAP Waukesha on the Facebook page. And then uh, we also have a website, which is ACAP, again, hyphen, Waukesha.org. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, Sandra and Mark, and for sharing your passion for the disability community and how you get out there and and offer resources and just work within the community um, and share everybody's gifts, right? Which is what it's all about. Thank you, Jill. You're welcome. Stay tuned to hear about how the mystery of Shakespearean language can be unlocked for people with disabilities. We'll be right back. You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's philanthropic community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group and News Talk 1130 WISN. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and my next guest today is Susan Fry, executive director and founder of Optimist Theater. Welcome to the show today, Susan. Thank you so much, Jill. We're excited to hear about what you have going on over there at Optimus Theater. Why don't you start with a little bit of history and how you got involved? Well, Optimus Theater has actually been around since 1993. We started out as Midwest Children's Theater, but in 2009, when we decided that we were going to do Shakespeare in the Park, because that's our big program here um, in Milwaukee, is free Shakespeare in the Park. We decided to change our name to Optimist Theater because it was the height of the recession. And we decided we needed a daily reminder of what it takes to do the work that we want to do. So that's where we are with, that's how Optimist became Optimist. Wow. And and you're the founder. So this was an idea that you had that uh, it's your baby, huh? It it is. It's my baby. It is my life work. Is it too presumptuous to say that? I hope not. Not at all. Not at all. (laughs) So you're saying Shakespeare in the Park is Optimist Theater's big program. How how did that begin? Well, um, when I moved to Milwaukee, and I chose Milwaukee because there is so much opportunity here in the county and the whole greater area, in the whole greater Milwaukee area. 
And um, because I have a background in theater, large-scale outdoor theater, uh, Shakespeare in the Park immediately came to mind. And I noticed that we don't have it, didn't have it. And so I got a focus group of people together, uh, educators, small business leaders, teachers, and just simply asked, so we don't have Shakespeare in the Park. Should we? And they looked around at each other. We're like, oh, my gosh. We don't. Uh, how did that happen? And so immediate support started writing grant application. And thanks to a grant from the Wisconsin Arts Board, we were able to launch 10 years ago. So in 2010, we had our very first production. It took a couple of years for us to get up and running. Um, lots of prep in order to get up and running. But we, I remember when we went to listen to the group at the, the arts board, the Wisconsin Arts Board, drove over to Madison. When they're reviewing your grant application, you can sit in the room and listen, but you can't say anything. <laughs> you can't let them know that they're talking about you. And so we're listening and thinking, oh my goodness, there's just no way they're going, because this is terrible. They're just pointing out all these things. But at one point, one gentleman said, you know what, I don't know if they can pull this off, but if they can, we got to be a part of it. <laughs> so yes, we did it. We Yay. did it. So we debuted with The Tempest in 2010. And somehow Jim Pickering, who was Scrooge over at the Milwaukee Rep for about 150 years, was the lead in our show. So we just immediately were on this runaway train. Um, and I've been trying to catch up ever since. Wow. Shakespeare has this mystique of being hard to understand, don't you think, at, at times. Do you ever encounter this perception when you're you out? in the public? Oh, you better believe it. We sure do. We sure do. But uh, one of the approaches that's, that's kind of foundational for us is that, yes, it has a mystique. But if somebody walks out of our show and they, they're like, oh my goodness, that was, I got it. I understood what was going on. I, I, all of a sudden you join this rare, I get Shakespeare club. And <laughs> that's important to us. So our design choices are, are, they revolve around our audience. We want them to understand. We will visually design the music that we add, our approach. Now it's 100% Shakespeare. It is the text, but we are about bringing you into the story, but we're also about you connecting personally with the stories. It's, Everybody knows Shakespeare. It's universal, universally known stories and understood, but it really is. Every human being that comes to the show, they've experienced love and jealousy and hate and being misunderstood. And, you know, this, the stories, they really speak to every single human in our community. And for me, really, I, I love the art. I love Shakespeare. But me, that's my personal motivation is to touch people, change people's lives through the power of theater. And with Shakespeare, mm, you've got an entree right there. That's awesome. I, I will admit that I'm not part of that Shakespeare club. 
that you talk about. I I think I need to go visit. Yes. I mean, I I think about, you know, the language, I don't want to say barrier, but I guess that's that's the best way that I can think of to explain it. Um, you know, you mm-hmm. you break down those barriers, right? We really do. And one of the things that we will do is uh, before every single every single show, we have our directors and possibly a guest, they will come up and they'll chit chat with the audience and they will talk about, so how many of you, is this your first shot? Have you never been to a show before? So we'll see raised hands. We've seen people that have raised their hands when we ask the question, is this your first live theater? Whoa, so happy. But then we will talk about, okay, let's get your ears attuned. This is what you're going to hear. Get into the cadence. You will understand the rhythm. Look at what how they're dressed. You will see who belongs together, who is fighting with each other. You will get the story. You've got to give it five minutes. And you will warm up. And you will get into it. And it happens. It happens. We invite so many community groups to come to the show that uh, when it it happens with them, that is especially important to me. I will never forget, oh, Pearls for Teen Girls came and saw our 10th anniversary production in 2019. We did the Comedy of Errors. It was great. After the show, I got a note and Bridget at Pearls for Teen Girls, she wrote, what a wonderful show, exclamation points. <laughs> the girls really enjoyed watching the play. The cast was so talented and funny. They managed to convey the meaning and humor of the story in a way that made it really accessible. And I that just made my year. Of course, that quote went in everything that I could possibly think to put it in because that is the success story right there, is bringing our community together to have this kind of experience and then surprising people that they had a good time and they got it and they were sitting with people that maybe they wouldn't have sat with before because it's free and it's Mm -hmm. outside and people can just walk in in addition to special invitations from these from the Boys and Girls Club that will come, True School will come, COA will come, and, and everybody is sitting together next to Shakespeare aficionados, and they're all getting it, and they all have a good time. It's beautiful. It's I, beautiful. I bet it is. I look forward to uh, being able to participate in that or attend a show sometime soon. Um, I'll save you a seat, Jill. Okay. (laughs) You may have to give me some crib notes or give me a little session beforehand, you know, just so that I can, you know, get into it and understand it. So absolutely. Well, stay tuned. And when we come back, we're going to find out more about how Shakespeare is alive and well today and what that can mean for our community. We'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG. Milwaukee's philanthropic community with your host, Jill Economo on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's philanthropic community brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group and News Talk 1130 WISN. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach, and I'm talking with Susan Fry, Executive Director and Founder of Optimist Theater. 
So, Susan, Shakespeare in the Park is a really big undertaking, I'm sure, but you've got other things going on. What are some of the other programs that you guys do? What we do, we do. Well, we started as an educational program. And so uh, back in 1993, when we first started as Midwest Children's Theater, I think I mentioned earlier, it was Shakespeare, William Shakespeare himself, first person, a gentleman in the whole outfit who had gone through all of the schooling and training and was actually a college professor. He would visit schools and libraries and they would have a first person interaction, really super high quality interaction where people felt like they met him. And so it was about connecting with humans as though he were alive today. So they would then walk out saying, wow, Shakespeare, he was kind of cool. I liked him. He was a neat guy. We talked about these things and I got to get up and I got to pretend to be Crab the dog and I got to be Juliet in the Romeo and Juliet scene. And that was so much fun. Well, you see, it is fun. So that program has still been going since what, 93? What does that make it? 27 years or so. And he, he hasn't aged a bit. He looks exactly the same. <laughs> now, now, this is called To Be Shakespeare, here and now. And it has played coast to coast. It has played in Italy. I mean, it's got tens of thousands of people have participated in this program. And it's still going strong. And we've had other, like, one-off individual programs where we will partner with a, a group and we will, we will do something with them that is Shakespeare-related, because that's what we're bringing. One of the other programs, though, that we've recently started that is just taking off like crazy, and I can see it continuing to, to just blossom, is a program we call No Holds Barred. And so, you know, it's a takeoff, on, you know, it's a little cute. It's like, no holds barred, take on anything. But we spell Bard, B-A-R-D, because it's the nickname of William Shakespeare. So, you know, we, we like to be clever or pretend we are. <laughs> Well, what was the inspiration that led to adding the No Holds Barred programming? Well, during when COVID hits and all live theater had to kind of close down for a bit, that meant no Shakespeare in the Park. And so after we got over our sad, we started all looking at, well, you know what? There are still resources. There are still things we can do. And um, we still have a mission. And so myself and the other people that kind of run the organization, we, it turns out that we all have a little bit of background in film. We thought, okay, we're going to take Pericles, Prince of Tyre, which is one of Shakespeare's least known plays and kind of bad, but we thought perfect for serialization. So we, we cut it up into 16 segments and we are we we filmed them all as little tiny bits and pieces so one of the resources that we had was filming outdoors very very small casts and crew because it's broken up into 16 parts and with nice production values because it's film we also had an opportunity because one of our, our mission goals is to reach into the community. I mean, to actually get there with Shakespeare in the Park, we invite people. We want to bring people together for this shared experience. This was an opportunity to go 
to them. So we filmed all over Milwaukee County and a little bit beyond. And we put actors that had lost all of their jobs back to work. And uh, it wasn't a lot, but we managed to. And all of the wonderful people who make Shakespeare in the Park happen, um, all of the foundations and things, they were happy to let us just pivot it over. And so we were able to, to pay people to help do this. So now we have this web series and it is delightfully fun and <laughs> wonderful. I mean, I think so. I think so. I hope everybody else ends up thinking so too. And didn't you partner with ACAP in that regard? We in a did. Summer we camp did. style partnership. Indeed. Yeah. And this was the inspiration. We were already set up to do a Shakespeare summer theater camp type program with ACAP, with their playmakers, which is their their acting community. And, you know, we were so excited. We were going to get together with them, rehearse some show. We were going to do, we had a whole itinerary of wonderful things we were going to do. And then we needed to shift to a virtual platform. And so we did. And we had uh, individual uh, rehearsal sessions with every single playmaker. There were 22 members, 22 ACAP members, with just a variety of different disabilities. And there were two months of theater games that were actually Shakespeare theater skills disguised as games (laughs) to sort of prep. Then we assigned them their roles and we rehearsed one-on-one and had these amazing relationships happen. We walked them through what a typical Shakespearean actor will do. We, uh, we got into the text. What, is the, what do these words mean? Who is this character? And of course, we had selected monologues and characters that fit those individuals' personalities, what they were going to bring to the table, and then crafted something that highlighted their skills. Mm. So mm, there is one young woman who is playing all three of the fairies from Midsummer Night's Dream, and it's all dance, you know, because that's what that's what she does. She has this b- beautiful affinity for dance. She lights up two actors that are playing Romeo and Juliet filmed separately circling back to the whole film thing we filmed them individually and then we uh, edit the two scenes together so it looks like they're talking to each other Mm. and so we everyone had uh, their own character and their own monologue and it was an amazing experience for me personally to get to know all of these these people and get to love them. Absolutely. Well, and what an awesome partnership. I mean, again, we talk about those collaborative efforts and how successful they can be. Mm -hmm. What about other partnerships that you guys have? Well, we were being able to partner with ACAP was huge. Being able to get that in depth. Um, The Marcus Performing Arts Center is a huge partner because we are a resident company organization now. Probably our number one partners are the foundations. To be truly honest, it's the foundations because so many are about much more than here is the the, the financial support. 
they want to make sure that we actually are successful at what we do. And so they facilitate ways to bring uh, partner organizations together, which is how I met Sandra with ACAP. I think we sat at the same table and got talking and you know how those things work but they did it. Yes. The foundations, they are, that's beyond just the financial support, but making sure that you are successful in any way that they can. And I think that, uh, you know, that's a big part of, of why we do what we do. As we said at the beginning of the show, everybody's got a place. Uh, everybody can be doing something in the community, big or small, with all the talents of the individuals in our area. There's, there's something for everybody and lots going on at the Optimist Theater. Susan, any closing thoughts that you have to sum up all the wonderful things that you've been talking about in your segment? You know, theater is life skills. It's community. It's empathy. It is much more than sitting in a theater, sitting in a building and watching a story unfold on the, on, on the stage. It's about what happens to you as a human being when you participate in something like this. And I think Shakespeare is an excellent, excellent medium. <laughs> and I think we can all tell that based on your enthusiasm. <laughs> Thanks for that. Uh, contact information quickly. Where would people go to find out more about Optimist Theater? Email is excellent, S-S-Fry, S-S-F-R-Y, at Optimist Theater, and we spelled theater with a T-R-E at, at the end, dot org. Uh, or 262-498-5777. And of course, website, freeshakespeareinthepark.org, which is long, but you should be able to remember freeshakespeareinthepark.org. So we're yes, too. yes. Well, and you could just Google Shakespeare in the Park and I'm sure people will get to you. So thank you so much. Thank you to both of uh, all of you, actually, uh, for joining me today, Sandra Hines. Mark Cage from ACAP and Susan Fry from Optimist Theater. Thank you for sharing your passion and your commitment to sharing resources in an effort to help make a difference in our community. So thank you. If you're interested in getting the word out on how you and or your nonprofit are making an impact in our community, call me, contact me, Jill at ellenbecker.com or call the office at 262 691-3200, and we can discuss how you can be a guest on the show. Join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. for Milwaukee's philanthropic community on News Talk 1130 WISN to learn more about great people, great organizations like Sandra, Mark, and Susan's that are making a, a, a community awesome. Awesome place to live, awesome place to work. You can tune in on the radio or you can Google it on your device of choice and it'll pop right up. You can use the iHeartRadio app, or you can visit our website at ellenbecker.com to listen to previously aired shows. And you can also now listen on demand at Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or Apple Podcast. Let's all find a way to give everyone an opportunity to get involved in the philanthropic process by using our time, our talents, and our resources to help others. Let's make a resolution, or better yet, make it a part of our financial planning process to look at ways that we can make a difference for someone else. Doing this will allow us to be a blessing and give a blessing all at the same time. Have an awesome day.